Welcome to Com Majors Podcast. I'm Brian Costello. And I'm Jim DeSanto. And today we're going to be looking at the 1981 Steven Spielberg and Harrison Ford classic, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. But as always, we get to the most important question first. What are we drinking this episode? What do you got, Jim? So tonight I'm going with uh, what I brought to your house, Brian, the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. Um, 130 proof ish in that area. Um, it's a delicious bourbon. Definitely check it out. Um, I think it was last year it was like whiskey of the year. So, uh, pretty big honors. It's under, uh, it's usually about 60 bucks a bottle, which is really reasonable for a bottle of whiskey considering how many drinks are in each bottle. When you compare it to a bottle of wine that only has four drinks, you know, not so bad. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, uh, purely for research purposes, had a glass of the bottle you bought me yesterday, <laughs> only for the purpose of making sure that I could talk about it um, for tonight's show. And, and I also needed it, that little – I needed – no, I, I did not. I texted you immediately, didn't I? Yeah, you did. It gave me that little extra uh, push to finish reading Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone for next <laughs> week's uh, – uh, for next week's show. Uh, I tonight am delicious, uh, drinking this delicious and delectable Samuel Smith, which is a, uh, beer from England, a very oh, old yeah, yeah, beer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's the most delicious oatmeal stout. Um, they've actually, this is the well that was used by Sam Smith was actually sunk in eight, uh, 1758. He has some so good songs too. Doesn't he? Sam Smith. Yeah. Sam same Smith. Yeah, I, I wonder if he's named after delicious beer though. And I'm, 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 uh, using my authentic Sam Sam Smith glass that I got while I was in London uh, many awesome. years ago. Uh, so that's our drink of the week. Uh, usually now is fact check, uh, but we don't really need the fact check much. Pretty clean show, but a disturbing discovery was made this week. Go um, ahead. Th- that Could, we that we need to bring up. I that, I have I have. A, it was issue it was a this. little sad. It, it's I don't think it should be an issue. We just we want you to understand you're here in the trust tree, Jim. I, this is the I trust felt tree. Very you safe. Can, you, you can share. You can share who you are. Now let me tell you. I, last week in epi- uh, five questions, uh, where we we attempt to learn a little bit about Jim each week, uh, and and learn something about me and the bizarre questions that I ask. I put in a throwaway question. Uh, we were talking about random '90s uh, actors and things like that. And I thought, well, let me put a musician from the 90s here, something obscure, something that Jim probably doesn't listen to. And I said, name your favorite Jewel song. And time out, you time out. come up with a response. That's true. I could not. And still to this moment, I think the only, the only song I can think of is, is it, I don't even know if it's called this, You Were Meant For Me? Is that? Uh, maybe. The, the reality is you've attended a Jewel concert. 100% why true. Not, why, you, you, why not share that? Are you scared that we would think less of you because you said you went to a Jewel concert? No, I'm trying to remember. I know I saw Jewel with Ryan Galvin, who uh, in high school was, is a friend of mine um, yeah. and has since gone on to marry a good friend of ours, Beth Fallon. Yes. Um, so yeah, we, I attended a jewel concert and I enjoyed myself. You, you didn't no feel point, a sense of shame that you don't want to. You didn't want to share that with no, us. No, you, you could have just said, "I've gone to a jewel dude, concert." There's a I, lot I of pressure the in, the, in the in the questions. I feel like they're supposed to go fast, and you're always going on to the next one before I can even answer. You put a lot of pressure on me, dude. The pressure, I, the, the egg timer doesn't even work. Have you known the me to be ashamed of much? 
I know that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried that you you feel like because you're the musician, you can't admit that I freely admit I, that what I listen to, I have Billy Ocean on my i uh, my yeah. iTunes playlist. I have uh, I mean, I could read my playlist. I have no shit. Don't don't read be, your playlist. Be, be in the trust tree. It's okay that you like Jewel. It's okay that you, you maybe like to watch the Golden Girls. Or, uh, you know, other 80s television. Uh, that's okay here. Yeah, honestly, I'm not a huge fan of 80s television. I guess there's like a few shows I really liked, but it wasn't... I don't know. I am not as nostalgic for the 80s as a lot of people are. Yes. I'm more of a 90s soul. Well, which is fine. I, yeah. We could do that. We could do 90s shows as well. But yeah. that's... We just wanted to straight. So we still don't have a song response. No. Uh, but we do know that you went to I a said you did were you meant for me. Did, what was... Uh, did you... Uh, I don't know if that's the name of the song. Did you get like a, a concert tee that you could maybe wear? No, I got no tees. Something like that. I did not buy no. any t-shirts. No, no t-shirts. Okay. Uh, let's go to the rundown now. We are extremely excited uh, for this week's episode. Um... Indiana Jones is, is a personal favorite for both of us, I would say. Would you agree with that? Foolish Games. Yes. Foolish Games. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was actually Sorry. listening to Foolish Games uh, earlier. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to interrupt with you talking video, about. She's yeah. got like a horse it, thing going yeah, if you on. Want, like, if you want to roast me, um, Hands. That's a good song. Who will yeah, save not, your soul? That's the I, one I'm thinking of. I have no problem. I owned Jules' album. On CD, I have no issue admitting that. Yeah, who who uh, who will save your soul? That was our like big. Yeah, one, well, right? that was a good one. Yeah. That's the that biggest. Jewel's good. That by was the, the original. Way. I, have no, no. I have no problem. I just wanted you to admit that you like Jewel. No, and and my memory is gone. I like Jewel, and I don't know any of her songs clearly. Okay, well there we go. Perfect. All right, so now on to Indiana Jones. What people really want to talk right. about? Right up front, what a good movie. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it, oh my God. It, it, I so, mean, we will talk a lot about it, but what a freaking. So I started watching it the other night um, and I watched the first 40 minutes and I watched that by myself. And then I was telling Katie last night, like, oh, do you want to watch the rest with me? And she said, yeah. And I said, honestly, it's one of the movies that is actually as good as it is. It's better than I remembered it. Oh, so yeah. like when I watch it again, I'm like, Oh yeah, this this isn't just meeting the crazy expectations I had for it. It's better than that. I had seen it. Um, maybe it was like 2011 when they re-released it for like the. Th I saw it in the theater. I actually mm. saw it on an IMAX screen, nice. which was super cool. And I probably hadn't seen it since then. And even though I had saw it in 2011, I was like, this is so good yeah it's even, it's, it is it hit like every now how many times you see it it's amazing yeah. it's an amazing piece uh, amazing film and yeah so do we need to tell everyone so I, hey, listen uh, indiana jones is a guy who indiana yeah. jones is that i do you don't even have to do that because if you don't know who indiana jones is you're you're, you're probably not watching this unless you're our moms and then we don't really have to tell our moms um, anyway uh, my because your mom um, you used to make your mom run lines with you yeah that's uh, true we'll i used to have i used to have my mom act out a scene and we'll, we'll get to that scene in a little bit but so i thought instead of explaining what the film was i wanted to talk a little bit because i think so many people know this film mm -hmm. a little bit about how it gets made oh yeah yeah, yeah. let's do that um, because i was really interested in this yeah. because it's become this iconic kind of masterpiece it's on the afi american film institute's top 100 films yep. it's yep. you know it's considered 
But this movie had a very odd path to being made. Yep. Uh, which is, I was really surprised. Like, we were really little. I mean, it came out in 81. So what we were like two and three years old. So I yeah. was like, you know, I just assumed by the time we saw Raiders, you know, I was I was young. But I mean, to me, it was like, well, everybody must watch Indiana Jones. It's Indiana right, Jones. Right. But this movie and I was shocked when I was researching to do the episode. This was not a slam dunk. No. You know, George Lucas had about the same time he was coming up Star Wars, he had two kind of competing ideas. The idea of what becomes Indiana Jones or Star Wars. And he went off to do Star Wars first, um, which obviously worked out for him. But the idea of Indiana Jones didn't kind of really uh, formulate until after Star Wars was done. And it was the weekend, and I had never known this, it was the weekend that Star Wars was coming out. George Lucas didn't want to be around when it came out. So he went to Hawaii, and Steven Spielberg happened to be in Hawaii, and they they knew each other. And Spielberg was kind of like, well, what's next? And he said, oh, I have this idea. And it's on the beach. George Lucas and Steven Spielberg start kind of discussing what Indiana Jones would be. Right. And who who was he supposed to be? You you know the story, I'm pretty sure. Um, like, like what was the what they what kind of movie were they looking to do? Well, it was funny. Spielberg. This was like a combination. Like Spielberg wanted to do a Bond movie, right? Right. And yeah. Spielberg's like, I want to do Bond. Which, by the way, thank God he did this because. I don't think a Steven Spielberg, James Bond movie is something I want to see. No. And he, also that, this is not, so far removed from James Bond, the character, which is, which is great. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I think uh, James Bond by Steve, Steven Spielberg would just not be a very good movie. No. Um, but so I guess George Lucas is, and I found this is interesting. So he's pitching the idea. I want to do this pulp 1940s esque you know, or earlier character, you know, these kind of the films they were making in the forties yep. with an adventurer and stuff like that. And, and he goes, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to call him Indiana, you know, and, and the name Indiana, which is funny because it comes back in last crusade uh, right. was actually Lucas's dog, which I, which by the way, did you know who else's dog was the inspiration for? No. Oh, Chewbacca. Uh, I do remember so that. Yep, yep, George yep. Lucas's dog inspired Chewbacca the Wookiee. Yeah. And that's a pretty damn impressive dog. Yeah. That and might be also, the most impressive dog in film history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, I also heard that the original name was going to be Indiana Smith. Yes. Which, which is terrible. It does not roll uh, off the tongue. It was at actually all. Spielberg who changed it, thank God. Because yeah. you're right. It, hello, Indiana Smith. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Like, and oh, I get but, it. They wanted it to be like, you know, Americana, like through yeah. and through, fighting but, uh, Nazis. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But oh, that was fantastic. So they get together. Spielberg had just hired um, Lawrence Kasdan, who becomes obviously works on tons everything. of stuff after yeah. everything after this. He had never sold a script before. Spielberg buys his first script. Two weeks later, he calls him. He's like, uh, come meet with uh, Lucas and I. They yeah. sit down in three days. They hash out the entire idea of what Raiders will be. Yeah. And he then proceeds to go write it by hand. And he actually still owns it. It's like yellow legal pad. And he wrote Raiders script out by hand, which was awesome. That's crazy. I mean, That's I can't even imagine that. But he also had this, this really cool thing that um, – you know, he had a quote at the time. He said they had I, when I got together with Spielberg and Lucas, they had great set pieces in mind. 
but that's not a screenplay. <laughs> right, right. There, there was nothing in between. And what's really interesting is, you know, the studio didn't want Steven Spielberg. As crazy as that sounds, he had gone over budget his last three movies. Yep. And, and do you know the movie that was before this? Close Encounters? No, no. The Jaws? one right before this was 1941. Oh, which is like his bomb, which, right? Which was train wreck. And people said, uh, you know, George, we're not making this movie with Steven Spielberg. Right. He, because he goes he, over he, budget on everything. Jaws, Close Close Encounters. Budget. Close Encounters was over and 1941. Budget. All was over like budget and all wildly, way over time. Wild. Like 1941 took longer than any of them, which That's is crazy. crazy. I don't think I've ever seen it. I have. It's actually not great but not as bad i think as some people think um, is it as bad as jurassic park uh i think <laughs> jurassic park might be better it's been a long I'm kidding. time you know i i know park. jurassic park is not terrible but no, I, I i do know. not like it um so they finally get paramount to agree to do the film right everybody else passes on well he also it. he also wanted it to be a challenge you know he basically said here's what i'm going to do like we're not I heard a quote where he was saying, we are not shooting 15 takes. We are, you know, I'm yeah. not stopping the camera so the female actress can get her hair out of her eyes. Like, no, we're no, doing no. this rugged. Three, three, <laughs> yep, three to five takes. Everything yeah. was free, three to five takes. Crazy. And Paramount says, okay. Um, and then some crazy stuff starts to happen. <laughs> uh, Steven Spielberg right away said, let's get Harrison Ford. And George Lucas was like, uh, no, thanks. I don't want him to turn. He thought he was going to turn into the De Niro Scorsese thing. He said, let's let's do somebody else. And yeah. it got right to the end. And it was going to be Tom Selleck. It was going to be Magnum P.I. Right. As um Indiana Jones. And actually, if you own or if you're interested in getting the box set, the Indiana Jones box set comes with um, making of stuff, which is really good making of stuff. And they have his screen test. And you can see Tom Selk is Indiana Jones. I've heard it. Yeah. Yeah. And but he couldn't do it because Magnum P.I. got picked up. That's so crazy. he leaves to do Magnum P.I. Harrison Ford, they have to bring him in. He says, you know what? They were like, Harrison's never going to sign a three picture deal because he refused to do it for Han Solo. Right. And he go, and he read it and he said, no, I'll do it. That's great. And uh, and they start to film it. And here's the crazy thing I realized. They shot this film in 73 days, which is about two and a half months to give you an idea of how big a deal that is. Infinity War. OK, took six months to shoot. Yeah, it's crazy. And I mean, it's different with visual effects and stuff like that. But, but when still. you think about it, you know, Infinity War did not have as well. Maybe it did. Maybe it had as many locales. I mean, most of it was probably soundstage. Well, but uh, well, that's what I mean. So there were you're probably right. There were probably more locales, but most of them were just the the soundstage. They pine right, they right. used in Atlanta. Right. So there wasn't as much movement, probably. Crazy. Um, yeah, and and the, one of the great quotes about this is they said, you know, leading up to this, John Reese Davies, who's of course famous um, for playing Gimli in Lord of the Rings and plays Sala yeah. uh, in this, he said, you know, the, the, he read the script and he says the pages there were pages and pages of visual description, but not much dialogue, and he basically said this was either going to be the biggest disaster of all time or a new fashion of filmmaking, yeah. and and we'll talk about how it actually works, but at the same point, I think it's also been disastrous for Hollywood that. It works right because right. now everybody's like, oh, we can make these amazing films without much uh, of a script. We can just show up and make it work, and right. uh, and not as many people are skilled to tell a story without dialogue.
dog and no and, and like Spielberg. Is. I, yeah. I mean, and one and one could argue that we've even Jurassic Park is faulted for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's probably a similar formula and it just didn't come out as well. All right. So now it's time to go into the film in five. Uh, we're going to break down five key parts. We're going to look at the introduction sequence. We're going to look at uh, Nepal bar fight sequence. I did want to uh, bring something up. Go, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Before we get into the into the five. Yeah. I think I finally started to come around. You've started to come around to my side, and and I bet listeners are as well. That Jurassic Park is just not a great movie. <laughs> uh, no, Jurassic Park is a good movie. It's not great. Oh, okay. I, I I never said it was a great movie. I said it's it's enter. Let me put it this way: if if you're gonna tell me if if you say to me put Jurassic Park in the league with Raiders of the Lost Ark, no, not a no. chance. All right, okay, not a chance. Cool. Uh, that's what I'll say. So that's a fair point. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. We're gonna look at the Nepal sequence. We're gonna look at the Cairo sequence. Then we're gonna look at Indiana Jones versus the Nazis. Yep. And we'll finish out with uh, with the ending of the film. So let's start out um, with maybe. One of the strongest 12 minutes ever. The greatest opening uh, to any a, movie for, ever. For, for, a, for a, uh, a film like this. I mean, you can put it up with maybe any film. Certainly for a popcorn, you know, fan-loving action adventure movie. Yes. The first 12 minutes of this film are, ul- are ultimate perfection. Yeah. The only other movie that comes close to being as good in spectacle is that opening scene of star Wars where you have the Carillion Corvette coming overhead. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh, that's pretty cool. That's a big spaceship flying over. And then the star destroyer behind it, which just dwarfs it. And you have that whole sequence of, you know, meeting Vader for the first time, which yeah. is still not as cool as this. Not <laughs> no. I mean this, the first, first of all, it starts from the very beginning Yeah, with uh, Spielberg's decision to go to Paramount and say, I don't want you to use the Paramount Mountains that you guys use now. I I want the one from the original old Westerns and pop. uh, Yeah, the outline fiction things. And Spielberg going to Frank Marshall, who (laughs) is one of his go to go to producers for everything and saying to him, hey, I need you to walk around and find a mountain that we can do a match cut on. Because remember from Jurassic Park, we talked about how Spielberg loves his match cuts right and frank marshall is forced to walk around hawaii uh which doubles as peru in fact actually peru where they're running through the jungle is the same area they shot jurassic park do they say that it's peru yeah they do i i wasn't sure if they ever actually said I thought that it's in I, south america the logos, the logos and stuff but if you do all the research it's supposed to be a peruvian okay. temple okay that's what it's i don't think that you would know that necessarily uh, for any other reason than that right. but just that is the idea of what they're going to go to for this movie yeah. and then you get everything we talked about by the way we should talk about we like the opening both of us like the opening sequence of jurassic park and Love I think it. we Love can it. kind of see not only was it influenced by Jaws, but Jaws influenced Raiders and Raiders right. and Jaws influenced Jurassic Park. You get this whole sequence where we don't really see Indiana Jones. Yes. And it was fantastic. This movie is also, as we said, the first 12 minutes is a masterclass in, you know, just starting a movie. The character introductions that go beyond this scene, every character is introduced so incredibly well. 
so incredibly well. And we'll talk about the others, but you know, you don't see Indiana Jones's face. They're walking through the jungle. You, you see his, you see the kind of iconic hat and you know, he's got two assistants. Yeah. And, and the jacket. This, yeah. And you just get two, these two guys with him, kind of leading him through. And for some reason that we don't know why, uh, maybe because he hasn't been treating him well or something, or he's been just kind of sold him out. The one guy wants to turn on him. Right. So he pulls his gun and is going to shoot Indiana Jones in the back which I don't know what the end game there is. Like, why not just leave or, or whatever? But yeah, uh, maybe well, the end getting... game is the end game is just they needed that to happen. For yeah, the yeah. sequence. And so then he spins around with pulls out his whip for the first time and whips the gun out of the guy's hand who then runs off into the woods, into the forest or, you know, which sets up two things from this sequence. One is the way it was shot. Amazing. This, the, uh, the, so this DP and this is uh, Dougie Slocum, who was an English cinematographer um, that Dougie. Spielberg went to. The- it's unbelievable because leading up to this, they do a lot of steady shots yeah, or yeah. very long takes. And then if you go back and rewatch that sequence, they cut 12 quick shots together. Lightning fast. Yeah. Um, there's no dialogue right. at that at all. And that's why people who teach film and stuff like that use this sequence just in film school to say, you know, the master class is how do you tell a story with no dialogue? And they use this sequence, 12 shots, tell a story and not a single word was said. And you knew exactly what was happening and you learned something about this guy. And it also introduces and I was trying to think of my mind mentally of a list. Maybe we could do this as part of an episode sometime. Yeah, you're you're hard pressed to think of a cooler weapon than indiana jones's whip i was trying to think of some of the things that in terms of like film um weapons that people have used maybe you could say captain america shield is one of them but like james bond's pk the the, yeah yeah. but even that has been do do you i mean yeah he's used different weapons but yeah that could be one of them too but it's like it was one of these weapons that you immediately nobody else uses it well there's the greatest weapon of all time in any movie of all time and what's that one guess see if you can get it Mm. i don't know what it's the lightsaber Oh, well, true. I didn't. Yeah, that's I mean, that, that's just, but I mean, that's I mean, but again, it's it's interesting. It's George Lucas. Again, you could argue right. in, you know, in his two films, you might have the two greatest openings mm-hmm. and then you have these wet. So whatever that is. But that was brilliant. But the credit yeah, the, to this opening, I think, goes to Spielberg rather than Lucas. Oh, absolutely. I'm talking yeah. about the whip. I, yeah. We can give uh, Lucas the credit for that. The way he storyboarded this and then even the idea of getting Indiana Jones after he uses the whip to step out of the shadow right which again is that and typical Spielberg thing if you think about jurassic park we had tons of that as well right the use of shadow and all those type of ideas so that's amazing but then we actually get into the peruvian temple which you know that opening alone you could probably say wow is just a film lover this is that's nothing compared to what we get into where we get the famous you know the one that's gifts and everything that you know when you see indiana jones it's him with the Peruvian idol yeah. measuring the band of sand and all that type of stuff. Yeah, it's amazing. And this is the part as a kid that I was really obsessed with. Um, you know, it has it basically is a bunch of things that a kid would love to do sandwiched into one, you know, sequence. You know, you have the you have the sp- first off, you have the spiders, right? You have the uh, yeah. the tarantulas on their back, oh, which God. apparently they were. Uh, they're completely docile and they don't hurt anybody. 
Um, and apparently the, the story that I heard is that they were not moving enough. Like they yes, were so this is chill. True. This is absolutely true. Oh, you heard this? Yeah. So they were all yeah. chill and yeah, no, go, they didn't go, know go. what to do. So uh, what they ended up doing is apparently they brought one female into the group, which caused all yeah. the male tarantulas to kind of go nuts and start crawling Lose all over. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Uh, really yeah, creepy. I, oh, terrifying. I, but this whole, that brings him another line. Cause so he basically is Dr. Sw- swapping the idol. What? With Dr. Octopus. Yeah. With Doc Ock. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, his first uh, film role, by the way. Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina. Yeah. It was his first film role. He'd only yeah. ever done theater prior to this. So the idea of Indy putting it down and then he triggers this booby trap and and then we get the scene where he's running and yeah. he, he had the, the enormous boulders rolling. What I appreciate about this is the spiders, the boulder, all of it, none of it's CGI. Right. And when I'm watching that, I'm like, this is kind of cool. There's there's later in the film, we'll talk about the ending. Yeah. Where I think there was some, you know, good CGI for the time, but from a modern context, you're kind of looking at it yeah, and saying yeah, yeah. this looks. But in some essence, I love the fact that there's not a lot of CGI in this movie. Right. Like it's you great. know, those are real spiders. Uh, the stone that's rolling at him. So apparently, this is what happened. He Harrison Ford had to do five different angles on this. Jeez. So Spielberg made him do two takes of each, and he <laughs> had to run forty yards. So he did 10 40-yard dashes. That's a lot of the yards. Bol- the boulder was actually 22 feet, real 22 feet. And they rolled it at him, and he had to run. And he never got hurt, but it was him doing it, and it was real. That's awesome. And and, and But that's kind of cool, and I think there's an appreciation for it. And I'll bring up Mission Impossible because I love Mission Impossible. It's the same thing. I, you didn't see Fallout yet, no. but it's the same thing when you see Mission Impossible Fallout. You can tell. You can yeah. tell that's a real boulder. You can tell those are real spiders. And I think that's, you know, one of the things that makes this movie kind of stand out that, you know, all of this is practical. Right. And you can see it in the terms of the angles and the shots. So much so that in the sequences where it's not real, you immediately know it's not real right. and it stands out to you. Um, one of the other things I thought interesting just in this introduction was a uh, quote that Spielberg had. He said, we wanted someone who did not have a backbone made of steel and skin made of Teflon. And, you know, I think in particular, part of the reason this film works so well today is every film with a hero now is a superhero. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and in this, in this, he's failing pretty much in every. Yeah, but and he's also, you know, in, in terms of movie dynamics, mm-hmm. is a real person, and we don't see that a lot, right? In, and he, in films anymore. And to end the sequence, he escapes the temple with the idol, and promptly Belloc steals it from him. Yeah, which and it, <laughs> yeah, it's I just mean, that's, funny. That's he why I love he, it. he yeah. loses, and he's running to the plane. You have that great sequence where oh, the, what a shot that is! By when the you're way. chasing so across talk the about that shot, well, that is unbelievable. The one thing I noticed is how funny it is that he's running, and he has uh, all the Peruvian people, I guess, who Belloc has has become friends with, chasing him. And they've got blow darts, they've got spears, they've got bow and arrows. Um, there's a few funny things in this movie that were not intentionally meant to be funny. Like right when they start chasing him, there's two guys with bow and arrows in the front and they pull up like kind of short to like shoot their bow and arrow. And the one guy, I don't know if he never shot a bow and arrow in his life before, but the arrow, if you watch it again, the arrow goes like at like a 45 degree angle away from, yeah, it's so funny. They had real issues um, casting that. 
Okay. Because they filmed it in Hawaii. So those guys right, are right. all those guys Hawaiians. are all Hawaiians. That's so funny. they so they they picked the Hawaiians who looked closest and they're like, yeah. we just put a lot of face paint on them and hope well, nobody picked up that they yeah. were Hawaiians. And so you also have him running across an open field where they can take multiple shots at him and have oh, not yeah. which is fine. So like he 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 maybe is not doesn't have like a Teflon skin, but he's got a little bit of a Ferris Bueller thing going on where yeah. things are just working out for him which is great it's 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 that, happenstance I mean, and it's yeah and that's and, probably the best you can ask for in, in a big budget action movie i think right right it's consequent like right. hey everything's gonna fall the way you need it to fall right but and that's so fine. he's running across this the the uh the field and he's still covered in dust and you can see the dust <laughs> just like coming off of him as they're chasing oh, and he's yelling to the pilot, pilot. to start the plane jock i guess i think his name is jock Jacques, start the plane, Jacques. Who's yeah, fishing. it's one of my favorite. And and so ends this great like 12 minutes, yeah. which again, you could just show that 12 minutes of film to somebody. Yeah. And it's I mean, it tells a that is like you talk about short films like that could be a short film. And you would be like, that's told an A story, a B story and a C story. <laughs> and he flies off and he wins and it's amazing. Yep. Uh, so kind of jump forward here. He goes back to uh, school. He's a professor and he's teaching. Yep. And we find out that his old mentor, whose career it was to goal was to find the Ark of the Covenant, has gone missing and that the Nazis are looking for the Ark of Covenant. And we're kind of going quickly through this so we can yep. get to the next sequence. So the government basically says to Indiana Jones, go find your mentor, go find the Ark of the Covenant. And it sets us up um, for our next sequence, which is the bar fight in Nepal, right. um, where we're introduced to Mary. And I just have to say – one of my favorite things, and I remember this as a kid, and I always love it, is when they use the map. Like it's so cheesy, yes. but they use the map and they fly, and in like the they used it line. in the they used it in the Muppet movie, uh, <laughs> which I was little. I remember and all this type of stuff. And I was I was like, man, that is such who, you know. I always thought it must be some cool production designer or something thought of this. And Spielberg's like, uh, no, uh, Harry Kasdan, Larry Kasdan yeah. wrote this amazing montage. He's like, we didn't have money for it. And he, I was like, let's just do a map. We don't have to show anything. That's and it's cool. turned into this thing. Like, I wish more. I don't know. Like, to me, if a movie did that, that's awesome. It's such a callback. Right. But it's, it's, it's also very stylized and, and it has this, it like, is. It's this the like sepia tone that. and it feels like the rest of the movie. Yeah. And it also feels like the aesthetic of what they wanted to do at that time period, right. which I thought was was perfect. Everything about that. So basically, we we get this idea that Indiana Jones is going to Nepal. And there we are introduced to, I think, one of the great female characters in action film history. 100%. Karen Allen's uh, Marion Ravenwood. Ravenwood. Yeah. And the again, intro to a new character. This is immediately not some... Um, you know, you're basically you come into the bar room and you immediately see her basically having a drinking contest um, and folks are betting on who is going to win this drinking contest. And they're basically doing shots one for one. Um and she wins. <laughs> and so, like, yeah. you immediately know so much about this character. Again, not a lot of dialogue. Actually, none in English um, no. for this sequence. And you know a ton about this character already. 
right? She like, should have come to the Boston Harbor Distillery with us last that is, week. That is true. She uh, would have had a good time there, I think. I almost had a reenactment of that guy in just falling over backwards there. At the Boston Harbor Distillery? No, not, not really, but, but... Jim did not eat lunch prior to going to the Boston Harbor. Thankfully, I ate lunch and I did not purchase a drink. Because <laughs> the uh, if you are looking to uh, consume some good alcohol, I would highly recommend, again, the yeah. Boston Harbor Distillery Tour. Because, man, the samples there were pretty... Uh, yeah, that- they were it's, pretty it's good. good. You stuff, get some. It's stuff. well worth it on that tour. Uh, yeah. But we do. We get this amazing sequence. Originally, by the way, that was supposed to be a five minute sequence. Steven <laughs> Spielberg shot like, contest. He, no. Yeah. He like built up and he had cranes flying around and stuff. And the editor uh, uh, said, hey, Stephen, we got to get this moving. This is not yeah, in yeah, line yeah. with what the rest of the film is. So she's drinking. But then we get another amazing Indiana Jones entrance, right. which is he walks in and she's there and it's just his shadow. Right. Which was, I thought, so cool. Yeah. Um, Indiana but then that, Jones. Yeah. In, this brings us to the sequence you and your mom used to perform on a daily. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I would make her play the role of Marion. Um, and I knew the words, you know. And your mom still does because she commented the lines uh, in a yeah. Uh, and she she said thing. I would get mad because I wouldn't slap her. Now keep in mind I was born in 1978, so you were like, so you did, so it must have been on video. Your parents did on TV. You think, I or saw how, this. I saw this movie three times in the theater the week it came out. What? Yes. You must have been a very well-behaved child. My dad to took me. My dad was a was a, a postman at the time, yeah. and he, uh, you know, depending on different, he had weird schedule, right? Um, I think we saw it twice one day. In one and, day, and then went back the next day to see it again. Amazing. Yeah. Sounds like a good um, we'll have dad to get we'll get him, we'll have, I'll have to fact check that and get him to confirm how it broke uh, down. What, but did, didn't you also tie a fake boulder to yep. your leg and run down the stairs? It was just one of the oversized wiffle balls, so only about ah, the size like size the of a softball. softball. Yeah, the softball wiffle balls, and you tied it. I to would it. tie it with a piece of string from the wiffle ball to the, my back belt loop, and I would run down the stairs and pretend a boulder was chasing me. Amazing. Could we potentially um, get that reenacted in modern time? Could we shoot? Could we maybe shoot some video and post to Facebook? Not live as part of a show. You and your mom running live. Probably lines, not. Uh, Probably not. I, yeah, she, you know, it's funny. I think my mom just joined the chat, so we'll see if she if she chimes in. Uh, okay. Yeah. So we, we, we could maybe we could maybe film that. I'm going to be down in November. You know, my, I have been reading my cinematography book. I could be. I could film the sequence. My and we could recollection do, uh, is that yes, I saw the movie three times the first week it came out. Yeah. Uh, actually, it might not have been the first week it came out, but it, close it, enough. You still it saw was it three in the times, theater, which, which I, you know, movies ran for a lot longer back then. Well, so. this movie, and I was going to save this to the end. This movie was in the theater for a full year. Jeez they didn't pull it, out of, it was running in the theater for a full year, if you can believe yeah. that. That's yeah, I, how I good it was. All right, we're going to film. This leads me into this idea. We should probably be reenacting scenes from every film we say. 
Maybe when I come down in November, we will reenact uh, a sequence from each <laughs> film that we've reviewed. Okay. And, uh, and we could post that. I think people would enjoy uh, seeing that. Yeah. So basically, Indiana Jones goes there. We find out that Marion's father, who was his mentor, and by the way, a little bit creepy. If I have to talk about something that's mildly creepy and maybe throws me off about this film, maybe the only thing. Yes. So apparently, Indiana Jones, who's like well, what do you think, mid or late 30s at this point, was. Uh, Carrying on a sexual relationship with Marion when she was sixteen had to be early, yeah. And he, she basically says like, "I was, I was a, I was a child. I was in love." And he was like, he basically just says, "You know what you're doing." And yeah. like, like, okay. In the creepy. current Me Too culture, I'm yeah. not sure Indiana Jones is winning any. Uh, no, he is uh, not. Not a. Not great. Yeah. yeah but again, little, like the, part of his character here is like he is. Well, also, I mean, he's basically stealing priceless heirlooms from other countries and selling them to a museum. Like that's his yes, job. But that, oh, that was very common back then. Right. <laughs> At right. least he's not destroying them like uh, ISIS. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so I mean, if we have to give him something, he's got yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically we find out that the reason he came to find his mentor is that the mentor had this like headstone piece amulet. that was supposed to, yeah, amulet that was supposed to help you find the Ark of the Covenant. Correct. And the, and the guy is dead uh, and he needs it for Marion. And we don't have to go into everything here, but what happens is the Nazis show up. And by the way, there's never, ever, ever better bad guys in a movie than the Nazis. No. They are like the best bad guys in any movie ever. I mean, if you're an actor, you got to be sitting there and be like, I get to play a creepy Nazi. Fantastic. Yeah. Let me run with this. And a fight breaks out. Great action sequence in a bar, which, by the way, got me thinking the staging of it was very similar, like closed space, common, common space that a lot of people know to the kitchen fight in Jurassic Park. Right. With the Raptors, I thought was really cool. Uh, yeah. So I really like that. Uh, also a great sequence for humor. We talked about this. It always seems like Spielberg knows when to drop in the humorous part in this movie. Right, right. Whiskey. So, and th- for those whiskey drinkers watching, uh, he drank Jack Daniels when he... When, oh, is that? See, uh, when Indiana first that. Okay. entered the bar, he drank Jack Daniels. Um, and then when... Uh, when the bar fight breaks out and Indiana Jones comes back in to help Marion, uh, he gets thrown on the bar and she is behind the bar hiding and a, a guy's holding him down and there's fire racing along the bar that's going to, I assume, catch him on fire. Um, and he just says, whiskey. And she hands him a bottle of Johnny Walker yeah. Black and he cracks the guy over the head with the Johnny Walker. But, it, I mean, it was just a great... Hey, go back yeah. and watch it for that. I mean, there's so many sequences you could say... Just watch this sequence and it's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and that alone. But uh, but Marion and Indy get away. She has the amulet. They get away from the Nazis and we are transported again versus the cool uh, map airplane situation to Cairo. Yeah, uh, which is actually Tunisia. It is actually where Star Wars was filmed. Uncle Owen uh, and Amperu house yep. is still there, apparently. And we meet uh, Sala. Uh who I was shocked to find out was a, was intended to be played by Danny DeVito, which would have been so terrible, Fra- Frank which is Reynolds. basically who he was in romancing the stone. Right. Well, I like, think maybe that's why he did romancing in the stone. <laughs> maybe they're like, 
because he couldn't do it because of taxi is taxi commitment. And they, I think maybe they were like, uh, hey, uh, we heard you were going to play this guy in uh, Indiana Jones, but taxi was there. Taxi's done that. You want to be in Romancing the Stone, which is basically a knockoff version of Indiana Jones. I would be interested to watch that movie again. I haven't seen that it's, one in a long time. It's supposed time. to be from the female perspective, right? Because it's supposed to be like a, ro- yes. a romance novelist. Yes, right? it's Isn't supposed that- to be the flip almost. Yeah, yeah. that. So basically, we go to Cairo, um, and they're going to try to find the Ark of the Covenant. Now right. they have the headpiece, and they're going to go there. And this is a, there's, there's a lot going on in the sequence. Um, you know, there's there's some fighting. There's all these things. Probably the iconic shot from this is the one everybody always talks about. So Marion and Indy have gone into this market, and the Nazis are trying to capture them. All this stuff. A fight breaks out, and it's kind of humorous. They're kicking and throwing things. It right. always makes me think of. Aladdin, the cartoon, oh, almost yeah, yeah, like yeah. when they're tracing uh, um, Aladdin. But we get to this point where Indiana Jones is trying to find Marion, and there's this massive, like seven foot tall guy with a sword swinging it around and all this type of stuff. And Indiana Jones has his whip, and he says basically, ah, F it, and pulls out his gun and shoots the guy dead. <laughs> uh, and the great thing about this is this was actually, there was this elaborate. Um, action sequence they had been planning and practicing for. Yeah, but four four and, months or something. The guy practiced yeah, four this. months, two and a half pages of script. Um, four but, weeks, not four months. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. But everybody uh, on the crew, other than Steven Spielberg, got sick in Tunisia <laughs> from eating the food. Steven Spielberg, the entire time he was in Tunisia shooting, ate cold canned food from the British military. Everybody else got sick. So if you look at Harrison Ford. He was deathly sick and he was like, I can't do this. And Steven Spielberg said, you know what? Just shoot him. And like it's like this idea of sometimes things, the best things come out of unplanned situations. Yeah, because that's a great character set. Oh, my God. What what does that say? By the way, he shot first. Right. You know, the whole argument of Han Solo shooting first. We know Indiana Jones uh, will shoot first and he shoots first. But Marion um, is kidnapped by the Nazis, but the truck blows up. So Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones thinks she's dead. And this sets up the whole next phase of the film as we shoot through Cairo um, of the Nazis. And within the Indiana Jones Nazi sequence, I think there's three (laughs) things we want to talk about here. The Hall of Souls. Yeah. Yep. The airplane fight. And the truck chase. Yep. Um, so the well of souls, um, the the snakes right off the bat is just so so cool. Um, you find out that uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you this: going into that scene to find the well of souls, he needs to use the staff of Ra with the amulet. They put it in the floor of this other room called the map room, and it shines a light at a certain time of day on the spot where the well of souls is. Um, I had a staff of Ra and an amulet, which was basically you, had a, you did, yeah, which was basically like a stick my grandfather made for me, um, and it had a belt buckle that was sort of shaped like the amulet that okay. he he cut away the top so that the belt buckle could could slide into it and attach. Oh my god! Yeah, I had it. That's amazing. Um, so I wanted to bring that up, but it shows them where the Well of Souls is, which is where the Ark of the Covenant is being stored. Yeah. Uh, Sala and Indy go and open it up and and see. And it's one of my favorite lines where Sala. Goes, one of the greatest all time lines ever. Why Don't is deliver the, the line? I think I think he goes. I think goes, the exact line is, "Why does the floor move?" Yeah, and then and then he says, "Give me your torch," and he throws. It, oh, you got. Yeah, and then he goes. He goes. Asps. 
very dangerous. dangerous. <laughs> I like there's a there's very the only yeah. line it may be a movie I love more than Asps very dangerous is in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which is my favorite. I'm not saying Indiana Jones and the Crusade Last Crusade is better than Raiders. Right. But you like it. More. But it's just it's the one I remember seeing with my dad and my brothers and we watched it on top. But it's in, when Harrison Ford goes Nazis. I hate these guys. <laughs> yeah. I like when Sala goes, we named the dog Indiana. Indiana. <laughs> yeah. uh, which is true. That's the, the yeah. George Lucas's dog. But thousands of snakes. And they were real. Yeah. There's I, I don't know if you noticed this. And I didn't I actually went back and looked at it because when I was doing research, I read an article on this. You can kind of see it. The cobra. Remember when Indiana falls down? And so basically they find yes. the ark, the Nazis figure out that he's found the ark and they throw Marion down because right. they have him into it. And, and he falls down and the, and the cobra is literally like right next to him. And you can see there's a, a thin yeah, there's uh, glass, sheet of glass right? that you can bear. Unless you know it's there, you'll never see it. Right. But they you can see a slight all, reflection of something, yeah, right? Yeah. But it's so faint because they cut it so well. Yeah. Uh, but that's what they were doing. And in fact, it was like absurd. They right. had I'm trying to remember the number of snakes they had to do. It, I mean, they there weren't enough. So then he was just basically calling snake wranglers throughout Tunisia being like, <laughs> we need more snakes. And they just started throwing. Yeah, snakes. that's crazy. Everywhere there. But so there, so the Nazis take the Ark, Indiana Jones and Marion escape. They figure out how they get out. Yep. Uh, and then we get this next action sequence, which is this really cool kind of. Um, I don't even know that the official. They called it name. a flying wing. I don't think it yeah. actually exists. No. But I don't so think it's a real plane. It, it was like a G.I. Joe toy. I right. remember it being like a G.I. Joe toy. But Indiana Jones fights this sequence, amazing choreograph stuff here. Right. It was all made up yeah, on yeah. the spot. Yeah, you know, they, they Spielberg's like, I have some ideas here. They threw it out. But this is, I think, one of the best structured action sequences you get in this action. You get humor and you get Spielberg constantly raising the stakes. And what the I tension, love. Yeah. Yeah. And what I love about this. And I think that really uh, from a filmmaking perspective, the hardest thing when you make a franchise film, I think the hardest thing is how do you create a scenario by which you feel there's real danger for the title character? Because right. you know Indiana Jones cannot die. But Maybe he's also – you also see him you, here. He doesn't want to fight. He's so tired no. of fighting. He's like, yeah. okay, I got to do this But it's thing. like – but that's what I mean. It's so brilliant because you know he can't die. Yeah. You know he can't die. So how do you create a situation by which you feel that there's real stakes? Right. And he constantly does that in this film. In this fight sequence, in and some of it's by the casting. You know, cast this massive guy he has to fight right. against. Or have this, you know, and then, you know, have this plane spinning around that's enormous. Or right. have people shooting a gun at you. Or have a gas tank about to blow. It's like he, well, he figured out how to do it. And I just thought it was like this is a great example of if you're making a franchise film, look at this sequence. Because we know Indiana Jones can't die because nobody in the title with their name in the title ever dies. But how do you create a situation in which people really love it? Right. And so he, the payoff for, for me in this is like, 
you the whole time he's trying to get the gun by the way i think the the pilot of the plane that's trying to shoot him that marion hits i think that's frank marshall it is frank marshall because the because again all the the people were sick from eating the food so frank marshall had to be in and so uh the payoff is that once Marion hits the pilot over the head, she gets in the cockpit and she doesn't really know what she's doing. And she basically forces the plane to start moving, um, which kind of sets up this kind of moving barrier that Indiana Jones is both dodging a, a moving propeller blade, but also using certain parts of the plane as cover from getting shot, one, getting punched, number two, and then finally, as the, as he, the big guy basically has him down and is ready to kill him, the plane has come full circle and the propeller kills the big bald guy. Do you know what the plane also did, though, in real life? It ran over Harrison Ford's knee. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. He, I heard about he this. He tore his ACL and he refused to go because he saw everybody sick. He's like, I'm not going to a Tunisian hospital. And he just right. iced it and didn't do anything with his knee till he went back uh, to England to finish the filming. Wow. Which is pretty badass. I mean, that's that's a pretty yeah. he's not a kind of cushy Hollywood type guy. Harrison Ford. No, no. Wasn't no. he like I mean, he he wasn't he was like a, a carpenter. Yeah. 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 He didn't even I don't even think uh, he started acting till he was like 30 or very late 20s. It was okay. never anything that was interesting. So he wins there. But then the the Nazis have the arc now. Right. And it sets up. They always have these great lines. So Sala gets back together with Marini and he goes, oh, the arc's on the truck. And he goes, truck. What truck? Yeah. And so we are set down a path to one of the truly memorable chase sequences uh, in film history. Uh, this one, I, I, the French Connection is probably the most well-known one. But this yeah. is right up there. Uh, this truck sequence took six to eight weeks to film. <sighs> And it was the first time Spielberg had ever allowed a second unit director. Mickey Moore was the second unit director. Uh, anything that was not a close up where you could see Harrison's face was filmed by this crew so they could actually finish this film. Yeah. yeah. And what again, there's only one shot in the entire sequence. And let's see if you can guess this. Do you know the only shot in the entire sequence that's uh, a visual effect shot? There's only one. Ooh. It's like eight. This I timed it today. I rewatched it at lunch today. I put it. I was eating my sandwich and I watched it on YouTube. It's the the entire sequence is about eight and a half minutes, and there's only one CGI special effect shot. Uh, no, I don't. I mean, the only I would one say is when he hits the no, because that would be too much. Um, is it when the Nazi guy is hanging on the door? No, the only one is when the truck goes off the cliff. Uh, if you go back and look, that's actually a matte painting. They paint the background and that is like a miniature toy going off the cliff. <laughs> Everything else in the entire sequence was shot for real, which crazy. is I mean, just the fact that for anybody who hasn't seen it, you have to watch it. I mean, you can watch that sequence. If you don't want to watch the whole movie, you're insane. But you can go on YouTube like I did at lunch today. <laughs> right. You know, drink drink your Diet Coke. Uh, eat your Cape Cod potato chips like I'm doing, eating my sandwich with my headphones on, uh, watching the eight-minute sequence. And you'll see Indiana Jones, his stunt double, but Harrison shot part of it, going under the truck with his whip. And then yep. – I mean there was just so much stuff uh, – Almost all of that was storyboarded. We get to see Indiana Jones on a horse for the first time. Yep. You know what I really started to think is at some point we, we're going to have to do the other ones. Yeah, the, I agree. Indiana Jones movies. Well, just one that, of them. 
uh, Last Crusade. Are you not a Temple of Doom fan? Mm-hmm. Me either. I, I was really thinking as I watched this, the real companion piece to this movie is Last Crusade. Yeah, because it finishes the story arc of his. Yeah, um, but it, but it's also like the sh- there's so many great callbacks. I haven't seen Temple. Yeah, there's of Doom no in a growth or anything going on in Temple of Doom. And well, Temple and, of Doom is a prequel, right? Is that why we're supposed to expect? I, I guess so. I, but I, what's we her have name to is, watch that at some point. The, and, the and female character is just not very interesting. Um, although short rounds awesome. Yeah, I, I, you know what? We'll definitely watch. I I, I want to rewatch Temple of Doom because yeah. I think would be we're so glowing with Raiders. I think it would be interesting to talk about Temple of Doom and certainly Last Crusade, which, yeah. like yeah. I've said, is one of my all time favorites. Uh, so Indy saves it. Uh, the arc, by the way, I just got a quick shout out here. I know we might be going long to John Williams. There is not a single word of dialogue yeah. in eight minutes. And his score carries the entire thing. Right. It yeah, carries the entire thing. It's I mean, amazing. The themes of this movie are right up there with Star Wars. You have yeah. the the Marion theme. You have um, the you know Indiana Jones the and the, the the you know typical stuff you're used to. All of that is right up there with the for me with the Imperial March and and the you know the Luke Skywalker theme stuff yes. like that. So uh, good. It's, I mean, it's amazing stuff. Uh, so Indy saves it, and then we're gonna kind of hop through the rest of this here uh he saves the ark they put it on a boat the nazis steal it back <laughs> yeah he's able to sneak onto the submarine and we get to the ending uh so the nazis have taken the ark to an island near greece and i feel bad because we haven't talked about balak at all who's a very different type of villain balak uh balak uh so watch it i think he's good but i i don't think well, we need to there is a scene though that we kind of greased over where after indy thinks uh She's dead where they basically set up that they're sitting down at a table in this, uh, I guess, like a bar or something. And Indy's drinking Jack Daniels again, if anybody wants to know. And he basically sets up uh, Belloc and Indy as basically the same exact person with very few differences, which is that. You know, Belloc, uh, he basically says it'll only take a very little to push you out of the light and, and you're, you'll be just like me, a shadow, a shadow version of yourself. And which obviously is, there's shadows of him throughout the entire, uh, right, of which is basically a call to Star Wars, right? Like it's basically, yeah. like, um, which is, which I thought was interesting. Well, and it's also, uh, I mean, just from a cinematic, uh, cinematographer perspective, that's an entire one shot. Right. And that's the longest shot in the the, movie as well. It is the longest shot. And it's actually go back. If you're someone there's there's a lot of cool stuff online. Um, If you want to just Google like cinematography of a movie and that's one of the ones they study. So, uh, yeah, we didn't we don't have time, unfortunately, to talk about every cool sequence. But that's a brilliant sequence. So they brought this arc uh, to this uh, Greek island. Uh, Basically, Indy tries to save it. We end up with Indy getting caught again. He and Marion on a pole. The arc opens to me the ending has the problem and it, I, to me i don't think the ending's necessarily bad uh but it, i think it's the weakest part of, of the film for me Why? in terms of i said this to katie as soon so the, the belloc is like basically going to open the arc right yes and indy catches up with him and he's he has a bazooka, like a rocket propelled grenade yeah. pointed at the Ark. And he says, and you know, let Marion go. By this time you find out Marion's still alive, blah, 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 all that. 
I'm going to blow up, you know, your Fuhrer is not going to get his precious cargo or whatever. And Balak basically calls him, calls his bluff and says like, you know, man, you're, you're as interested in this as I am. There's no yeah. way you're going to do it. You're going to shoot this thing, do what you yeah. do. And he makes this, uh, the choice not to, not to shoot. Well, he's not going to blow he up Marion right. either. He's got a rocket launcher. Well, I mean, she would die he, there too, but wouldn't she? I don't think he actually cares that much about her, to be honest. Like when you, when you think about it, he doesn't, to me, he doesn't put that down because of her. He puts it down because he doesn't oh, no, want to destroy I, the ark. No, I agree with you about that. Yeah. But I mean, still, like, the whole but premise is let her go. We can uh, talk, Dude, you're not going to blow her up. Right, right. Like, we can talk not, about this again when we do Last Crusade. But it, there's this very similar choice at the very end of that movie that goes the other way. Yeah, which shows growth. Ca- yeah, I, well, I think that's right. brilliant yeah. of you. We'll yeah. make sure we, we revisit that. And maybe so he's supposed to have learned from that, maybe, right? Well, either that or he's just he loves his dad more than Marion. Yeah, <laughs> but, which but, is probably true. Right. Uh, which partly is one of the reasons that the fifth or the fourth movie is it's brutal. Is, but is what big. is Belloc wearing? So when he goes to open yeah, this, thing, I don't know. All that of a sudden, like there's like a switch. That, you he, know what I got? He, I, I kind of got like that was something that somebody. And we never had fr- uh, 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 frats at Scranton, obviously. Right, right. But I, I imagine that that's something that um, somebody at a frat is wearing. Right. Do you know who was wearing that outfit? Brant right. from the Big Lebowski. <laughs> Brant is wearing that at his like. Uh, 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 frat introduction to people with a right. paddle whipping them on the ass. It That's was almost like a, like something out of like History of the World Part One. Like, where did you get this outfit? That and like, why why do you th- yeah, is it like a ceremony? You, what do you think you I, need to well, be that's doing? The whole thing, the whole end part to me. I, apparently, it was um, double the length. Okay. And it was cut down, but they wanted it to be like the end with the visual effects of close and it's definitely the weakest part. But yeah. I will say this. I think this is pretty common for blockbuster films. Oh, sure. Blockbuster films always have that problem of how do you end? Do I you mean, know, unless, unless all, you save, all movies in television yeah, and, have this problem, <laughs> unless you unless you save um, unless you save the best stunt for last um, and again, fair uh, warning here. I always talk about Mission Impossible. Every Mission Impossible film, except the last one, has had this same problem. And okay. a lot of them do. And it's just kind of that the second the middle act is amazing. The intro is really cool. And then it's like, how do you tie it together when you've done so much cool right. stuff? And again, I don't think this part is bad. Um, the arc opens. People are melting. It's Certainly 1980s special effects. Um, But I just I think if it were any other film, we'd be kind of okay and kind of cool. The reality is we don't really care. Did you know? I don't know if anybody cares what's in the arc. No. And that's the brilliance of it is a MacGuffin. The the whole thing is it's supposed to be driving these characters. But you realize at the end when it's open, I don't necessarily care about the arc. It's been they've done such a good job with these characters and the story they're telling that what they were trying to achieve is is almost irrelevant, which is a testament to Harrison Ford. It's a testament to Karen Allen, all these actors that it's like, okay, it's the arc. It opened. Whatever. Great. Yeah. Like, no big deal. The uh, I will say the the effect I actually did like in that end is the lightning going 
going Nazi to Nazi. That actually looked pretty cool. That was real. That was actually very well done. I thought. Yeah, I, I have agree. no idea for how that, they did that, for but it was cool. 1981. I thought that was tremendous. Um, I will say that the true ending of the film is so they get awesome. the ark. He gets the ark back, and it turns out that typical bureaucratic stuff they're putting they're going to hide the ark in this warehouse which again becomes this thing that everybody knows and everybody talks about in filmmaking uh the film was in the theater for a year like we said and i just wanted to kind of end on a quote of the legacy and i think this is i've been kind of saving this quote and somebody said it and actually john reese davies said about this movie but i think it's if you want to rank films and talk about what's a really great film yeah. he was and he said the great work of art is not only great in itself it changes the possibility of the craft for others and i think this is the first film we've seen that how they made this film substantially changed how other people went to make films and i'm sure there's going to be other ones we do throughout the show but this is the first time we've looked at a film and we've looked at some pretty good films so far this is the first time that we've done a film that has significantly changed filmmaking i think the only yeah i mean like if you look at guardians guardians one the first sequence is basically a huge play on on the temple sequence. It is. It's the yeah. whole. Yeah. And and I have no problem with that. So except it's films. except it's Han Solo instead of Indiana Jones, which is an interesting choice. Which yeah. I think there's a whole talk about. And there's that a one. difference. There's a difference between those characters. However, I've heard people say that like over over time they kind of came together rather than there is an amazing t-shirt that i haven't purchased them considering getting that has uh indiana jones finding han solo and carbonite like he's oh, an artifact cool. yeah which yeah. i thought was a pretty uh a pretty cool t-shirt <laughs> all right so that is uh the film in five we're gonna kind of do an abbreviated spanning go pop culture and five questions here yeah. um because we we wanted to spend so much time on the film itself uh this week uh instant reaction uh you and i saw this trailer together what is your thoughts on bohemian rhapsody which comes out in about i think uh, first week in november so it's the I'm queen bio I want to see it. I, I think obviously Queen's music is incredible. Um, and Freddie Mercury is, you know, bigger than life. And the one thing I'll say for the film that um, looks pretty cool to me is they, that it's sort of giving you that um, perspective of them walking out on some of those epic stages when they the walk Wembley, out at Wem- yeah, Wembley. Yeah. Wembley just seeing the crowd just looks so freaking cool. Um, and you know, it, it's just I, I I love their music, so I'm I'm in. Yeah, I thought it looked good. Um, so we'll see. He, uh, the, it's getting right now. Most reviews are that he's uh, Remy Malik is amazing as Freddie, and then there's mm-hmm. some. The, the, I think probably this the issue with all biopics about people, which yeah. is how much you try to cram into one film, and it feels a little disjointed. So that's coming out. Um, Beginning of November. Just a quick other thing that's coming in the theater. I I like to share this with people on November 11th and 14th uh, in honor of the 30th anniversary of Die Hard. Die Hard will be in theaters for two days, uh, November 11th and number uh, 14th. I've never got to see that on the screen because I was only like nine or ten when it came out. So I will definitely I will definitely be. Yeah. Well, you were seeing I saw Predator in the theater like the original. Well, I saw all these movies when they were on video. I just didn't go to the theater with him. My well, dad my, wasn't as keen to go to theater. He had no problem showing me Commando and laughing and telling me, oh, that gun would have been done with bullets uh, eight shots ago as yeah. guys are being blown up with grenades. What happened um, to Solly, Brian? Yeah, but what we're going to go 
With Alyssa uh, Milano? No, I had to let him go. Solid. I had to. Oh, we should probably watch. We've referenced Commando a few times now. At some point, we're going to have to watch uh, Commando. Uh, now, I'm going to give you a choice here for one spanning the globe pop culture because uh, we only have time for one this I week. Want, I want the Which, second one. This the second so not the okay. i want number three number number three okay so number three we'll save number two for another time uh number three uh so this week the walking dead hit all-time low ratings uh andrew lincoln is leaving has the walking dead survived for the zombies for too long yes yeah i have a problem with this show um i loved the first couple seasons and then i just kind of fell off because they we're not doing a good job of telling story. Um, yeah. And I think when you have a long running show and you have these beloved characters, um, you've done a good job to, to like build them up, build these characters up, but you need to take them somewhere. And from what I've heard, they just keep rehashing the same kinds of storylines in different places with new characters and, um, I don't know what's going on now, but I just have no interest in going back. To be I, we stopped. Uh, Aileen and I loved it yeah. for a while. I mean, we really, really, really loved it. And ironically, I guess the big character, Negan from the comics, yeah. when he made his first appearance, the episode was so brutal. Yeah. And I'm not for violent, but we just stopped. And I think also it was the way they shot it. it. I was just like, you know, it's just too much. And I also at that point, I got into the to the point where I'm like, it is it's being rehashed. And and right. I feel really bad because um, I'll equate this to the X-Files, which is my probably my favorite television show of all time. It just went too long. Yeah. You had something that was. But even now, uh, now, though, if you say that. They, you can't say it went too long because it's not like they ended. They came up with something that would have been a good ending and just kept going. You know what I mean? Like, they, they, but I think, yeah, I, I, I think the problem is obviously this is a business venture, right? And you're and and you want to continue the show, but as a fan of something, yeah, at some point characters are run. And to me, uh, Andrew Lincoln is leaving. Who's Rick Grimes? Yeah, he was the show. Now I'm not watching the show any yeah. longer, but I, I it almost I I'm, it starts to me it was like when David Duchovny left the X Files for a while. Yeah, it's like me. that was the heart of the show. You know, it, it's kind of like and Julian Anderson was amazing, and I think X Files was a different dynamic because there were the two of them. Right, you, I, neither one of I them left. That, it would have been wish, weird. Yeah, I think at some point, and you just need to say it's it's time to move on. We're doing a disservice yeah. to the fans that we're doing. Um, and I think now with Netflix and some of these shows where they're willing to put an end to things and, you know, you could, we could debate lost. I'm a fan of the end of lost. Me I know too. a lot of people Me don't too. like it, but I will give, I will always give, uh, Carlton Cuss and Damon Lindelof credit for saying enough is enough. Yeah. You know, and this is you the know, story AB of Jack. Yeah. You, you know, ABC didn't want them to stop. And I mean, they're talking about the walking dead going on for another 10 years. It's I mean, stupid. for the love of God, please. I mean, and the ratings have gone in the toilet. So maybe this will change that that mindset. But to me, they've done a disservice. The Walking Dead was the story of Rick Grimes and his family. And now that's no longer what that show is. And right. it, and you could argue that show ended a long time ago. Yeah. All right. So that's spanning the globe. Uh, time for five questions. Let's do uh, it. We have our bra broken egg timer. Hopefully, Jim will answer the questions truthfully this week um, <laughs> and, and feel like he could share with us. All right. Here we go. Thumbs up or thumbs down question. Are you thumbs up or thumbs down on candy corn flavored popcorn? 
Oh, that's a tough question. I that uh, is a, a real thing, by the way. Trader Joe's, if anybody's interested, is selling candy corn flavored popcorn. Thumbs I'm up or thumbs, thumbs down. down on candy corn, but I think I might be thumbs up on popcorn that's candy corn flavored if it has a little bit of salt. All right, there we go. So somebody, if anybody's tried that, let us know. But Trader yeah. Joe's is actually selling that. Uh, would you rather be covered with snakes or spiders in honor of Indiana oh, Jones? Oh, I hate you so much. Uh, I don't know, dude. I think, oh, God, I can't even answer that. Well, Isn't it it's, freaky? It's awful. What, that do be. I get to pick the snakes and the spiders? Yeah, you can pick the type. Just tell us what type it would be. What would you do? I don't know. Maybe like a giant one, giant boa constrictor. Uh, just like, one like, like a big that, that giant gravity right blanket. Harry, like, spoiler alert. That ties right into our Harry Potter episode next Like week. a big giant, giant gravity blanket that end, just right? put me to set. sleep. Yes. Uh, all right. Fill in the blank question. The Costello I miss most is from your visit from last weekend. Who who are you missing the most? Oh, I want to come back. So, Aileen. <laughs> Because <laughs> Jack was uh, my son. Jack, Jack was as soon as Jim left, he woke up the next day. He goes, I wish Jim was still here. Well, how about the day he said he was not going? You said, uh, All right, buddy, what are you gonna have for lunch? He goes, uh, I'm not gonna eat until Jim's gone. <laughs> <laughs> he also, though, you're probably terrified of spiders because didn't he say he was gonna have spiders eat your face? Yeah, he said, He said, You're sleeping in the basement. There's spiders, they're gonna put spider webs all over your eyes and eat your face. He is uh, three years old. Yeah, he's the best. Uh, all right. Question four here. Uh, what is your favorite Queen song? Oh, that's a really tough one. Um, I would say I think it might be the, you know, uh, we will rock you. We are the champions kind of okay. thing. Uh, just I, I love that. I mean, but there's so many good ones. There's so many. I mean, yeah, I know the- that's probably cliche, but. No, nah, there are. They, if you could pick almost anything, you'd be okay. All right. Finally, question five, our deep thoughts question. And mm-hmm. this ties into the idea of archaeology from okay. uh, Indiana Jones. I'll if you could you. place two items in a time capsule to be opened 200 years by the DeSantos of 2218, what would they be? Oh, how big is the time capsule? Like, are we as talking? Big, as big, yeah, as big as you want. You can put whatever you want in. Um, I would probably put a, one of my guitars. Okay. Probably this one. All right. Um, and, oh man, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. What else? What else should go in a time I capsule? would put in a strand of my hair so they could genetically rebuild me. Oh, that's a good point. Back. That is a good point. That's what I would But do. it still wouldn't right. be you. It would be a new you. So Well, that's still It's not like your consciousness would be. We re- could be a show again. It could be the longest running <laughs> podcast in history. We could bring it maybe, back. Maybe. It would be amazing. All right. So that's five questions. Uh, time for recommendations. Uh, what do you got for us this week? Uh, so I'm currently reading The Outsider by Stephen King. Um and while I will qualify this recommendation with, with saying that I'm only about 100 pages in, it has been a riveting 100 pages. Starts off with a, a brutal murder. It seems like it's going to be a murder mystery with some, uh, with some spirit, you know, um, psychological stuff going on, some uh, fantastical uh, stuff going on. Um, 
Yeah, and it, basically they within the first page or two, uh, first couple pages, they arrest like the local little league coach for them for the murder. Who uh, seems to have an alibi? He seems to not be such a bad guy. Um, so something's definitely going on. I'm super excited about it. I hope that it doesn't have the problem that a ton of Stephen King novels have, which is like we talked about earlier, the end coming to the end usually his the middle the middle sections of his books are just absolutely incredible and he has a really hard time um wrapping them up in a satisfying way but we'll see um and then the other other recommendation is ozark on netflix if you haven't watched ozark yet um, yeah, very good. We're, we're only, still on the first season, but it's very good. Yeah, we're a couple episodes into the second season, um, and it's just fantastic. Jason Bateman is just off the charts goodness. Um, actually, the whole cast is is great so far. So, yeah, perfect. All right, my recommendations from a book perspective: uh, Matthew Riley's uh, "The Seven Deadly Wonders." If you mm-hmm. love Indiana Jones, uh, read this book. You'll absolutely love it. It's about it's a little bit of everything that we see in Indiana Jones. It's and it's an homage to it. Matthew Riley loved the 80s and, you know, he owns a DeLorean. He owns like a live. Yeah, he has he has like a full uh, replica star uh, stormtrooper and all this. Yeah, no, he's got a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, he is an Australian writer, very big over in Australia. Uh, The American readers of the book basically consists of myself. Uh, my brother, Kevin, my dad, and the author, Matthew Batley. Uh, we are the the only four people I know who in America who are reading them. But I, I mean, in, in all seriousness, though, there's a series of this. This is just a blast, this book. If you like like 80s, 90s stuff, you'll read. It's a fast read. It's nothing, ama- you know, earth shattering. Highly recommend. Check it out. It's in paperback. You can get it on Amazon for like six bucks or something like that. Uh, Second thing, two huge recommendations. Uh, One, if you get a chance uh, and you're in the New England area, uh, Craig Goldberg is playing at the uh, uh, Newport Craft Beer Company which sounds pretty awesome in Newport, uh, uh, Rhode Island, uh, tomorrow at five and they're having food trucks and everything. So if you're a new England based person, get down to see that, or you can be, do something like I did today, which is I'm very excited. I purchased my ticket, um, for the pale reason <laughs> reunion show. Uh, now I say purchase tickets. Tickets are free. Uh, November, Jim, tell us November seventeenth. You 17th, guys are Dave's put, bringing the birthday. band back together. Uh, Dave Falcone, uh, member of uh, Jim's band, uh, original band, Pale Reason. Before he was in Soldier On, have not performed in about a decade. Yep, right. Yeah, it's been. It's been that uh, and long. I mean, if you if you're really interested, there's a great pop adult podcast. Uh, one of our favorite uh, podcasts where Jim and I just talk about Pale Reason. We might have to do it again at some point. Yeah, Keenan um, will have us on again, and so. Yeah, we're practicing all this weekend, so it should be a it should be a good time. New venue, uh, same old song. So, <laughs> yeah, I can I uh, cannot wait. I might have been the first person to get a ticket. I think you might have been. I might have been the first, but I am uh, beyond excited. If you are in the Philly, we have a lot of viewers in the Philly area. Uh, you have got to come out to this event. I mean, this is going to be. Yeah, the kids are definitely going to have to have a sleepover that night. It's going to yeah, be. Yeah, uh, this is this is going to. I I might. I might uh, purchase one of those. Um, I don't know if they have them down you. They they advertise on the sports radio up here where they bring an IV to your home and and, and run it into you. Uh, I might use that service All the right. next day. Fair enough. Uh, 
it's going to be very exciting. So uh, make sure you check those things out. Uh, what are our plugs for this week? Uh, follow us on Facebook to get the most up to date Facebook and Twitter um, at Facebook uh, you know search for com majors um, on Twitter we are at majors com uh, but you can also just search for for com majors um, you can uh, follow Brian on Twitter if you want uh, more stuff about books more of all the cool stuff that he's he's digging right now um, at B Costello books and you can always follow me on Twitter as well at soldier on TV um, I like to talk about video games mostly destiny 2 so if you are uh if anyone's out there destiny player let me know and we finally reached uh next week will be our harry potter um and the sorcerer's stone bestseller to blockbuster episode yep. uh, we're going to be joined by katie DeSanto, <laughs> uh, which is going to be fantastic we are going the moderator to moderator of the harry potter club yeah. at her school yeah, we're going to have alcoholic butterbeer. I don't know if we're going to do that. Uh, we are absolutely doing it. And not you might only be doing, doing that on your end. Not only are we doing you. that, uh, your wife and I are in discussion of doing a special comm majors mini-sode uh, where I am going to have her explain to me how to make it. I have an apron, oh, and geez. I am going to make uh, some alcoholic butterbeer. Uh, and we are going to discuss this huge event next week. We'd love all of you to be on with us asking questions. Um, and we're ready. I have 45 pages of notes that I have devoted already to this of research for this. I have zero. So we're, we're, we're it's all coming out in the wash there. Yes. Well, it's all <laughs> it's going to average out. That's all that matters. Uh, we are really excited for this. Uh, so uh, make sure you check uh, for all those people who yeah. listen to us on pod. If you're listening on iTunes or your preferred pod listening experience, yep, yep, please yep. like us, share us. Uh, if you're on Facebook, if you could share our video, we'd really appreciate it. You can subscribe um, on YouTube. I yeah, forgot to mention YouTube. Yeah, yeah, we're everywhere. Um, but another great show. Uh, Jim, great as always. And we're so thrilled next week. Join us live. Uh, if you're listening, we're going to be live next Thursday night uh, on Facebook. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone uh, bestseller to Blockbuster. Until yeah. then. See you guys. See you.